You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about birthdays. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Sarah, what's been happening with you? Well, last week we registered HP for kindergarten. Ah! Yeah, it's starting to feel a lot more real. I had to fill out dozens of forms with the exact same information. So oh my gosh. welcome to the public school system. Well, thank goodness we still have a public school system. Indeed. So feeling excited about it. We did a little kindergarten open house, got the schedule for when the first day of school is and when he meets the teacher and how all that works. Kindergarten is something that I had been, I don't want to say nervous about, but had some concerns about the public school system when he was younger. And now that he's older, he just seems really ready. And I'm really excited for him to take that step. That sounds so fun. What do you do at the kindergarten open house? The principal gave a little talk to everybody in the room about some very general things. And then all the parents and kids could go visit the kindergarten classrooms. And the kindergarten teachers were in each classroom. And how many kindergarten teachers are there? At the school where we did the open house, they have five kindergarten classrooms. That's a lot. It is. It's a a large geographic area that they pull from. Mm. But we actually applied to transfer to the school that's closer to us, but that we're not Mm. districted for because it's closer to us and that will make it much easier for us. And we just found out that he got accepted to that school. Oh, great. So that's exciting too to know because we thought we wouldn't know for months whether the transfer was accepted. And either way was fine to us. Both schools are great. They're both neighborhood schools. But for simplicity's sake, we wanted to go to the school closer to us. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was nice that they let us know so early too. Yeah, absolutely. Then you can definitely plan for that and start talking about it in specifics with him and all that kind of thing. Yeah, because we talked about kindergarten, but we didn't know which school he was going to go to and he would be riding the bus in one scenario and walking or biking in another. That's really different. He's been asking questions about when he's going to ride the school bus and I couldn't really answer with specificity Mm -hmm. and he's asked which kids are going to be in kindergarten with him next year and obviously we can't guarantee that any kids we know will be in his class but we Mm -hmm. know some kids going to both schools and couldn't answer that question and just things like the schools in our neighborhood and we can be walking by it and saying this is where you're going to go to school next year and we couldn't do that that's cool i'm getting really excited for him and for our whole family it's fun that it's moving toward that and crazy that he's so big already So we've been building up kindergarten as um, kindergarten is where you're going to learn to read because he's so interested in books and kind of to get him excited about moving to a new school. Mm -hmm. And then he's been really interested in sounding things out and just doing some very basic literacy things with us. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that, well, if I learn how to read, then I won't have to go to kindergarten. I thought, Maybe we didn't frame that in exactly the right way. (laughs) Whoops. You're still going to have to go to school after you learn how to read. Yep. Plenty more learning to do, HP. Yep. So speaking of kids growing up, what is happening with me lately is that we had Plum's first birthday. Yay. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It was awesome because we had family here, but it was also crazy just to look back on the year and think about how much she's changed. And even since her birthday, she's doing so much more stuff. Like she started pulling up much more regularly Mm -hmm. and she's saying a lot more things that sound like words. They're not exactly words yet, but they sound much more like words. Man, they grow up so fast. (laughs) 
And the first year feels like such a huge milestone for parents Mm. that both times the first year was wonderful, but really challenging. And it's not as though anything changed the moment that my kids turned one, Mm -hmm. but it felt different. It felt like, okay, we're into a, a new phase. It is. It's a milestone for sure. I mean, it's fun that we're talking about birthdays today mm-hmm. because I love the ritual of celebrating these milestones, whether you're celebrating them for yourself or for you as a parent or for your child or spouse or somebody else that you love. And it was so great too to have family there. Yeah. I mean, the best part of her actual birthday party which we had a couple days before her birthday was when we were all singing to her because Plum loves music mm-hmm. and she just got this look of wonder and sort of was gazing around at everybody as we were singing the kids and I watched the video of you guys singing to her mm. recently they'll often ask to look at pictures of Plum on the phone I love it and mm-hmm. they especially love videos yeah The other thing that she has learned to do recently, which is another sort of gross motor thing, is that we have gates on both of our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And the gate on our bedroom is because the cat litter boxes are in our bedroom. So it's not ideal, but we have them in there so that, you know, she and the dog can't get into the litter boxes. (laughs) But the gates are a little bit up off the floor so that the cats can crawl underneath them. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I could just shut the gate to her room and she would happily play in there so I could go hanging laundry or do something with boiling water or something where I wouldn't necessarily wanting her to crawl around in the kitchen because our house is open Mm -hmm. and she can now crawl under the gate. She figured out how to turn her head to the side and (laughs) slither on her belly underneath. Good problem solving. Yeah. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. I recently finished a book called Homegoing by Yaa Gyasi. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. The last name is Mm G-Y-A-S-I, and the first name is Y-A-A. That one's on my list. Yes, it's one that Katie recommended to us, who is our friend who has the By the Cover project. And by the time this one comes out, the cover for Homegoing should be out. Mm -hmm. And I saw a little preview on Instagram, and it looks amazing. Oh, is that what the preview was for? Mm -hmm. Oh, see, because I haven't read it yet. I didn't know what it was. I'm so excited. Yes. She had said that Homegoing was potentially the best book she read last year. And it is, without a doubt, the best book I've read so far in 2017. Awesome. So it follows two sisters who they never meet. The woman has two different daughters with different men in different villages in Ghana. Okay. And then it traces their family story through the generations. So each chapter is from the point of view of one descendant. Oh. So it starts with the two daughters, and then it goes back and forth between their two lines all the way through to present day. Hmm. So it starts at the end of the 1700s in Ghana, and then one of the sisters is sold into slavery and comes to the United States. Wow. So every other chapter then is also going back and forth from Ghana to the United States and tracing the history of that family but also highlighting atrocities that have happened to Black people in both of those countries Mm. throughout time. So it's really powerful from a historical fiction point of view of learning a lot of things that I didn't know Mm. and seeing them one after another, generation after generation, it had a really powerful and sobering effect. Yeah. As opposed to just really highlighting one of them, the message came through stronger in that way. Yeah, I could see that. There were a lot of things that I had learned about in history books 
but hadn't spent very much time putting myself in the shoes of people who lived through that mm. and thinking about what that experience was like. Yeah. And this book gives you the opportunity to do that. Sounds really powerful, like you say. I'm still on the waiting list for it at the library. I think it's a popular one. It sounds like it's good. Probably a lot of people need to have the experience of reading it. Yes. And it felt so timely, too. One thing I came away with at the end of the book was how so often Black people's histories have been taken from them. And there were several instances in the book where characters didn't know who their parents or grandparents were Hmm. because of the forces of oppression and history where people were sold into slavery or tried to escape from slavery and didn't make it or you know sold back into slavery or just there were so many times where families were ripped apart and that that in itself is horrific but there was a larger piece to that of the atrocity to the culture itself Mm, do you mean that yes in an isolated incident to a family It's a horrible thing that that happened. But the fact that it happened systematically over and over again and was so structurally built in to the culture of white supremacy and ownership of the black body, that having it highlighted in that way made you see it really clearly in maybe a way that you hadn't before. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. And beyond all of these bigger picture ideas that I took away from it. It was a beautifully written book that I enjoyed reading. And it was one of the books that I wanted to savor as I went through. Mm. And each story was connected to the other ones, but they also stood alone. That's so cool. It felt like a series of short stories, even though they were all connected to tell one larger story. I love collections of short stories that do that, Mm -hmm. that connect characters and themes and things but this idea of having them literally historically and family connected sounds awesome it will be worth the wait okay so I've been reading and I actually just finished this morning Persepolis by Marjan Satrapi or Marjane Satrapi I doubt that I'm saying her name correctly she is from Iran And it's actually a graphic novel, which tells the story of her childhood growing up during the Islamic Revolution, which was the late 70s when the Shah was overthrown. And I actually didn't know very much about that. I remembered vaguely hearing about it in modern history classes. Mm -hmm. But when I started reading, I didn't have a lot of specifics about the details. And I think... I have more of that now, but also I have done a little bit of reading just to be more educated about what happened. But anyway, I think she's maybe an elementary aged little girl when the story starts and it's black and white art, which is really stark and powerful. And then she sort of grows up and the drawings seem simple when you look at them at first. But by the end, I was really appreciating, you know, how her mother looked really different than other grown women and how she showed herself aging. And then, you know, it's an autobiographical graphic novel. So kind of in the same way, it sounds like you're saying that homegoing was really striking. It's just really striking to hear history from the point of view of people that experienced it. Yes. And I think she was relatively lucky in that 
she didn't lose her mom or dad, at least not in this book, and it ends abruptly. There's a there's a second Persepolis that's the continuation of her story that I'm on the list for now. Okay. I mean, I think it's good to educate ourselves because this stuff has the potential to happen again and is happening again in many cases. So people being imprisoned and tortured for defying the government. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that far off from things that are happening or could happen even here in the United States. And I like reading graphic novels. I think maybe when I was first talking about comics and graphic novels, I was saying that, you know, this isn't something I read often, but I seem to be being drawn to them. I was surprised when you said this was a graphic novel. And it sounds really interesting Mm -hmm. and like I'd enjoy the story, but I do not love the graphic novel form. Yeah. Maybe it's something where I could be reading it at the same time as another book and just reading a few pages every day. I don't think it could be the main book I was reading at any one time. And that's exactly how I did it is I started it and then went away and came back to it as I read other things. And I was Mm -hmm. actually reading a poetry collection at the same time and also a book on my phone. Okay. Sort of all those different formats and genres have made up my reading experience the past couple weeks. Okay. Where does the name Persepolis come from? I think that it is the name for the capital of Persia. Okay. And I think, you know, what might be fun for you, Sarah, and that I thought about, but my French is not that good anymore, is that it was originally published in French, Persepolis was, this graphic novel. Okay. So that it might be fun for you to get it in French if you wanted to practice your French. And then that would help with the like language understanding too, because there are pictures to go along with it. Yeah, exactly. I like that idea. Okay. We're going to talk about birthdays today because when this episode airs, we'll be almost exactly between our birthdays. My birthday is March 27th. And mine is February 26th. Which is tomorrow when we're recording. Happy early birthday, friend. Thank you. Let's first talk about what celebrating our birthdays was like growing up. So growing up, we always just did a family celebration. I never had the elementary age birthday party where you invite your class or even a large number of friends over. Fascinating. My mom did not want to do that. And so we did not do it. I so identify with your mom. I think it's awesome. Yes. That you didn't do that. And it really fit with my personality, too. Mm -hmm. So it was never something where I was asking to do it and she was saying, no, I don't want to. You can't. Yeah. It was just the way our family did things. And it was my expectation. And I didn't like large birthday parties. I didn't even like attending them as a kid. Mm -hmm. I found them very stressful to negotiate all of the social dynamics happening when there were that many kids. Yeah. I've always done better and found it more enjoyable to hang out with people one-on-one or in small groups. Mm -hmm. So even when it was a good friend's birthday, I didn't love the big birthday situation. So I had no desire to recreate that on my own birthday Mm because that would not have been fun. So what we did, uh, we had birthday dinner. It was always at home and we got to choose whatever we wanted. Awesome. I would often have salad without lettuce because I did not like lettuce and just like the other things. Okay, so tell me what was in a salad without lettuce. <laughs> like carrots and cucumbers and peppers. Oh, yeah. Maybe radishes, but those weren't my favorites. So I don't know if those were in there or not. That actually sounds delicious. And otherwise it would rotate. Sometimes I would want to have orange mac and cheese, which was boxed macaroni and cheese Ooh, yes. as opposed to the homemade kind that my mom makes. Delicious. Or egg drop soup I really liked. Mm. One year we had egg rolls. 
So mine varied a lot. Other members of my family had a standard birthday dinner that they went to. Every year, same thing. Mm-hmm. Got it. But mine was always a an eclectic collection of my favorite dishes. <laughs> and then we would have cake. And I often had ice cream cake because I did not love cake. And I really loved ice cream. And you still don't love cake. That is true. Although it's changed somewhat. I found some cakes that I like more as an adult. Oh, good. And I'll talk about this later, but... My love of ice cream has faded somewhat from my younger years. (laughs) So we would have the cake and then we do presents in the living room. And we were able to invite either one or two friends over. I think it was usually one. But sometimes when we were older, we might have had another friend come over to do the family celebration with us. Oh, fun. And then I remember maybe starting in middle school or like late elementary, middle school, junior high. I did some trips like inviting one or two friends to go to the science museum in St. Louis and my mom would take us on that special trip. An outing. Mm -hmm. Birthday outing sounds really fun. And I think one time we went ice skating. That was really fun to get to do something special with one or two friends, which was my preferred way to interact with my friends. Mm -hmm. It was um, just right for me growing up. Yeah. What about you? I did have friend birthday parties. Okay. And also family birthday, but they were always separate. So friend birthday was, and I don't think we invited everyone in the class and did that kind of thing, but I definitely did things like I had a roller skating birthday mm-hmm. at the roller rink and I had a swimming party at like an indoor swimming pool once. The best birthday party that I had was, I think, I'm not sure how old I was turning, but it was a tea party birthday party. So I was younger, maybe eight or something like that. Yeah. My dad wore a suit and he was the <laughs> butler. And my mom wore, you know, sort of like a maid-like dress, though not like a black and white maid costume, but like, mm-hmm. you know, housekeeper type clothes. I love it. And we had an apple tree. So they brought apple blossoms in and like floated them in bowls, like mm-hmm. really beautiful. And my mom had this beautiful Madame Alexander doll that she put in the middle of the table Um, And it was just really fancy. My mom is a very talented seamstress and she sewed a dress for me and then sewed like little circular hats with lace, Mm -hmm. kind of like a little yarmulke. Okay. But, you know, like um, I think Felicity, the American girl doll was popular at that time. Okay. And she was wearing those little hats like colonial times. So every, and it was probably just girls that came to this party, but every little girl got one of those hats and got to wear it. And we ate petty fours, so tiny little delicious cakes and, you know, did other probably crafty things like maybe made hats for our dolls or something like that. So that was my favorite. It sounds like your parents really liked doing that kind of thing then. They did. And I liked it too. I mean, I'm an extrovert and I love being the center of attention and having lots of people around. Mm -hmm. So the sort of invite lots of friends to celebrate you special day was right up my alley. And then family birthdays was a similar thing. I think we would either choose what to eat at home or we probably got to pick a restaurant and maybe we didn't celebrate on the actual day. Mm -hmm. Um, if we were going out. And then there would be a few presents. I remember presents, but I don't remember massive amounts of presents, like nothing on the scale of Christmas. Yeah. Probably the best present I ever got. I think I was turning 10 or 11 and I got a phone line in my room. Like your own phone number that goes with the phone? Okay. It was was the family phone, but it was a plug-in in my room. Okay. And I got 
Do you remember those clear phones where you yes. could see all the insides? Yes. And they were That's colorful. That's what I got. Yes. And the way that I got it is that my parents had my grandparents call me to wake me up. Oh, so I woke up to it ringing on my birthday. Yeah, or after I went to sleep. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm answering a phone in my room and someone's (laughs) telling me happy birthday and that they love me. So that was awesome. That does sound pretty great. But family birthday was a lower key thing, I think probably because we were having a friend Mm -hmm. birthday party as well. I remember presents being a big deal because for us, we only got presents at birthday and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so it felt still really special because we never got them otherwise. But there aren't any specific ones that really stand out in my mind. Mm -hmm. So like you, I didn't have traditional food that I always ate on my birthday, but we did have traditional birthday cake. Okay. And in my family, that is store-bought white cake with buttercream frosting. Oh. Um, And I say buttercream, but the kind that I'm thinking of it, I think is actually made with lard or Crisco. Mm-hmm. It's made with vegetable shortening and the icing is yes. really stiff and super, super sweet. Mm-hmm. And I think occasionally, like a couple times, the wrong frosting was purchased. So it was that whipped frosting that is not as sweet. Yes. And that was a very disappointing situation. <laughs> Do you still like that kind of cake? I love that kind of cake. It makes my teeth and head hurt when uh-huh. I eat eat it or eat too much of it, but I still love it. Okay. I am not a fan of that kind of cake. I mean, it's pretty overwhelming. There's a lot of sugar and not much else, really. I'm also a believer that frosting should be made with butter. Fair. I like the Crisco. Yeah, to each their own. So that cake tradition has continued really into my adulthood. And, And that comes, I think, from my mom's family. So we have celebrated birthdays with aunts and uncles here and there through the years and everybody on my mom's side of the family seems to want that side that kind of cake okay and I think to some people's detriment people who don't like it often get stuck with it (laughs) even though that's not their preference like I know that my sister doesn't love it and I think it has taken her a long time to like advocate for herself for the kind of cake yes that she wants so we both have school year birthdays so likely school would be in session or if it's on a weekend you know everyone knows it's your birthday on Saturday So what was that like growing up? I really loved having a school year birthday. I always felt like people with summer birthdays were missing out. And even though I didn't want a big party and didn't want that sort of attention, I really liked being acknowledged in class for having the birthday. Mm. At an elementary school, your teacher always noticed when it was your birthday and said things and then your classmates would. And so I just liked that verbal affirmation of people recognizing that it was my special day, mm-hmm. even if I didn't want them all to come to my house on the weekend. <laughs> I think that's fair. What I remember from having a school year birthday growing up is actually not that pleasant of a memory, though I think I agree with you in principle that it's nice to be recognized. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, people with summer birthdays did like feel the lack a bit of not being celebrated during the school year. But I think in sixth or seventh grade, my mom was working on the day of my birthday, but had arranged to have pizza delivered at lunchtime so that I could eat pizza with my friends. Okay. And I just waited for the pizza the whole time and it didn't come. <gasps> so she had told you it was happening. It wasn't a yeah. surprise. And they and they forgot. The pizza people messed up. Oh, no. And so I think a friend was waiting with me. And so then we both didn't have lunch. It was awful. That does sound pretty terrible. Was that middle school years? Yeah, which is rough anyway. Yes. 
Okay, so let's talk about college birthday celebrations. Mm-hmm. And we've talked some about this in reference to the birthday cake that the cafeteria ladies bring out at Hendrix. Mm-hmm. But there are other Hendrix birthday traditions that we can talk about, too. So I was thinking back on my birthdays at Hendrix, and three of the four, the main thing I remember was ice cream. <laughs> So <laughs> freshman year, I think I just went out with friends. And I remember some really sweet gifts that I got then. We were very much into collaging at the time. Oh, and I yes, think we were. <laughs> multiple friends collaged me cards or a picture frame or different things that were just really special and had inside jokes in them. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a big thing, but it meant a lot to me. And then sophomore year, we were at the tournament Frostbite. Oh, my gosh. And it was... Misery. It was so bad. I mean, it was freezing cold. There was a lot of drama going on between the men's and the women's team. Mm. There were a lot of stressful team dynamics. That's how I will phrase that. Was I there? I don't know if you were there. You might have been at a band thing. Because I don't remember drama. Um, I mean, maybe drama is too, too strong of a word. But I was a co-captain that year. And there... Mm-hmm were some issues with playing co-ed versus playing women's at this tournament and Hmm. our numbers. And it was just not a good day. And Frostbite was an accurate name for that tournament in terms of the temperature. That tournament was miserable every year. Yes. So cold. So that part of the day was not ideal. (laughs) But I remember in the evening, two college friends and my best friend from high school was there also because her team was playing. Mm -hmm. And the three of us went out to get frozen custard, which was one of my favorite treats at the time. And I just remember feeling really happy to be away from what was going on with the team and just feeling like I had such good friends. And after the stressful day, it was so nice to just... Be with good friends who knew what I liked. Mm-hmm. And I, in particular, remember getting in the car with one friend. And I also loved and still love to listen to songs on repeat. <laughs> yes. I forgot <laughs> that you love that. I also love that. Another reason that we're friends. It is. And in typical college sophomore fashion, I really like John Mayer. And, <laughs> and, his song Daughters I really loved at the time and it was the song that was on the CD the mixed the mixed CD we had going in the car oh my gosh. and it came in and I just got in the car after the tournament was in tears things had gone miserably and I remember him turning to me and saying do you want me to just keep this on repeat and I said yes <laughs> <laughs> that's so kind it was so nice yes just that feeling like people really got me mm-hmm. and So even though in some ways it wasn't the perfect birthday, I still look back fondly on it. Then my junior year, I was abroad. So that's when I turned 21. Oh, yeah. Which means nothing in Switzerland. (laughs) Exactly. And I was actually coming from a week-long meditation retreat at Tizé, France. Wow. So I spent most of the day on the train going to Nice, France, where I was meeting some friends to celebrate Carnival. And... They met me at the train station with ice cream. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And that was such a great night, too, because after being quiet and in contemplation for a week prior, I was so excited to see my friends and talk. Mm -hmm. And I remember that night eating ice cream, sitting in the hostel, flipping through our guidebook, planning out more trips that we were going to take together in Europe. And 
just feeling really thankful for the whole experience and to be there with great people and and then senior year, you arranged for me to have an ice cream cake. <laughs> yes, but it wasn't an ice cream cake like <laughs> listeners are thinking of. No, it was six pints of ice cream <laughs> and you took the lid off each of them and stuck a candle in them. And, and stacked then, them up. And stacked them up. So I guess there was only a candle on the top pieces that you could see and presented it to me in <laughs> our common area. Yes. And then we all ate a pint of ice cream. Oh there was a pint for everybody that was there. We were just eating them and passing them around. And that was great, too. It was a lot of ice cream consumed, for sure. Indeed. Food is my favorite part about birthdays. Even birthdays now, as I'm sure we'll get to, thinking about what food I want to eat and then consuming said food is the highlight yep. for me. Same for me. I have a question that's about a Hendrix tradition. So there's a fountain at Hendrix that mm -hmm. people get thrown in. Oh, yes. On their birthdays. Yes. Did you ever get thrown in? I'm trying to think about that. Ooh, I think I got thrown in my freshman year. Hmm. Definitely not my junior year. Right. And maybe not the other years. I don't really strongly. I remember throwing other people in the fountain. Yeah. But February, it was often really cold. Oh, that's so true. And I think that... I was probably someone who expressed my desire not to be thrown in when it was really cold. Oh, you cold. hate being cold. Yes. And I think most of my friends understood that and respected it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't ever remember throwing you in and I never was thrown in Yeah, at Hendrix, even though I was there all four years. And I mean, I feel like that was a thing that the Frisbee team could have easily done Yes, was pick us up, carry us to the fountain and throw us in. I don't remember ever getting thrown in. That's so interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So lots of people at Hendrix have been thrown in the fountain multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I have videos of other friends being swung in, but not me, not ever. Yeah. Do you think that you just expressed that you didn't want to or that it just didn't happen? I mean, I didn't want to, but I don't remember ever expressing it. Okay. Maybe it was more that people were a little scared of what would happen <laughs> if I got thrown in and I didn't want to be thrown they in. They could intuit the, the response. <laughs> they could intuit that I might have strong feelings about it, since I have strong <laughs> feelings about most things. But yeah, I have maybe not as vivid memories of my college birthdays, but I do remember my 21st birthday, we celebrated the same night as Hendrix Formal. Okay. That was just me and Andrew and these other couple friends, because most of the people we knew were abroad. Mm -hmm. So we went out. And I ordered a beer in a public place for the first time, which was really fun. And then and we have really fun pictures from that night, too, because we we dressed up really fancy. And then senior year, I think that I got a cookie cake because mm. I also like cookie cake. Mm -hmm. um, cookie cake tends to have the Crisco based icing on it. Yeah. And so I remember that somebody got me a cookie cake, which was really fun. But I don't remember anything. From freshman or sophomore year. I mean, I'm certain that we celebrated. Yeah. Because birthdays didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And it was often that we did something off campus mm -hmm. because we were on campus so much. Right. And most of us didn't have a lot of extra spending money. So mm -hmm. we ate in the cafeteria. And so I remember on birthdays going out to dinner a lot somewhere in town or in Little Rock and that that felt pretty special. Yeah. OK. So how do you celebrate now? It's definitely changed since becoming a parent. So mm -hmm. thinking back on the last two years and this year, which will be the three years that I've been a parent of two, the thing that I have done or will be doing is going to a coffee shop by myself yes. and reading a book. So <laughs> Living the dream, in other words. Indeed. <laughs> yes. 
And I do like Neil to take off on my birthday if he is working and it falls during the week because I want to be able to do whatever I want to do on my birthday and not have to be the sole parent. Mm -hmm. And so he, he usually does that. And I used to like to go out to eat because Neil and I don't eat out very often. And that felt really special. Mm -hmm. The one I most remember is when I was pregnant with E and I had found out the day before my birthday that I was pregnant. Mm. And then we went out to eat at this wood-fired pizza place. And I just remember being really happy and excited about how that time next year I'd be a parent of two. So fun. Yeah. But now that the kids are a little bit older, it's really fun to celebrate at home. So I don't want to go out to dinner with Neil in the evening. Mm -hmm. I want to have dinner as a family because HP is so excited about birthdays. Yeah. He has been more excited about my birthday this year than I am. Love it. I love my birthday. He's like your birthday cheerleader (laughs) hype man or something. Yes. He keeps asking, is it your birthday yet? Is it your birthday yet? When will it be your birthday? What kind of cake? And he loves to talk about the different kinds of treats we can be having. Mm. Cake and cupcakes and cookies and (laughs) has lots of ideas about that. And I was asking him, well, what do you think I should have for my birthday dinner? And he said, cake. And I said, well, (laughs) the dinner part. He's like, "Mm, we need to eat a sweet treat on your birthday. (laughs) So he just wants birthday cake and nothing else. Just cake nonstop all the time. Now I just want to have some time by myself to do whatever I want and to not have any responsibilities because that is so different from my everyday life. And then I also want to celebrate with my family. So you alluded to the fact that you like cake Mm -hmm. maybe more now. Can you talk some about that? (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, there is one cake that I believe it's Molly Weisenberg Mm. who has one and it's called the Winning Hearts and Minds Chocolate Cake. Oh, yes. I've seen this recipe. It's so good. It only has a tablespoon of flour and there are only five ingredients total. So chocolate, sugar, butter, the one tablespoon of flour, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the last eggs as the other ingredient. So it's really, really dense and so chocolatey and so good. And that has almost become the de facto birthday cake for our family because that's what I've made for the kids on their birthdays and then my birthday as well. Neil prefers cookies, Mm -hmm. but I really love pumpkin cake. And that's one I've always liked growing up. I like spice Hmm. cakes and carrot cake, things with cream cheese frosting. That is my favorite kind of frosting. Mm, Love cream cheese frosting. But I still don't love just regular chocolate cake or regular white cake. It's not that I wouldn't eat it. It's just... (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah, I would eat it if someone gave me a piece. It just wouldn't be my preference as something that I would seek out. I would much prefer another kind of treat. Hmm. How about you? How do you like to celebrate your birthday these days? Well, what's really fun about my marriage is that Andrew was born three days after me, or really 362 days before I was, because he was born the year before. But my birthday is the 27th and his is the 30th of March. And so we have often celebrated together in our adult lives. And birthdays tend to be pretty low key for us. Um, I really enjoy getting the calls from family and friends. And I like to let it go to voicemail so that then I can listen back to the voicemails. Oh, that's so Like over the next week or two. Yes. Especially last year, I... I was in the early days of parenting Mm -hmm. and I actually had appendicitis 
like a couple weeks before my birthday last year. So I was like six weeks postpartum with Plum and then I had appendicitis. So I was still sort of recovering. So it was really nice to be able to sort of lie around and listen to people leave voicemails that loved me. (laughs) No, it's so nice. That's one of my favorite part of birthdays too, is just the acknowledgement and having people reach out that maybe aren't part of your daily life anymore, but that they're still thinking of you. Yeah. And Andrew and I usually do one sort of celebratory dinner for both of us. So it doesn't necessarily fall on my actual birthday or his actual birthday. It's usually a weekend close by or in between. And the past couple years before Plum, we went out to eat together or we did sort of an event where we would do happy hour Mm -hmm. where we would invite people and then people sort of walk with us to dinner somewhere else and then maybe end up back at our house and usually a lot of booze involved in this event. Yes. We don't usually do cake. I think in our history, we have done a yellow cake with chocolate frosting because that's what Andrew likes the best. Okay. But I don't usually buy one of those bakery cakes because he likes it, but he's not going to eat a whole lot of it. And mm-hmm. he's actually, Andrew is awesome at um, eating till he's full and not eating anymore. And I'm terrible at that. So if I were to buy one of those cakes, I would eat the whole thing myself. Yes. Our spouses are similar in that regard. Neil can stop at any point. I have no self-control. No, and Andrew's like, it's just so rich. I'm like, I know. That's why I want to keep eating it. So generally, we're not doing the bakery cake for that reason. But we have done the yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Is that homemade or from a box? From a box. Okay. No, I haven't had a lot of success with homemade cakes like that. The flip side of that is that my dad is awesome at making carrot cake. Mm -hmm. And I think I might have mentioned this in another podcast, but that is his signature dish. He has the recipe memorized. He has the frosting recipe memorized. So he makes a carrot cake just about every time he comes to our house. And that's what Plum had for her first cake. Mm -hmm. But we never had that growing up. And so I don't usually like crave it around my birthday. I think what we do more is just eat out and then have treats that we like at home. So that mm-hmm. can be ice cream. Girl Scout cookies are usually around mm-hmm. around our birthdays. I love good cheese. Yes. I don't often treat myself to good cheese, although that's changing. I feel like I've been <laughs> buying good cheese for myself more and more. But You deserve it. <laughs> I do. But on my birthday, I, without fail, go and buy myself a few things of good cheese and some crackers to eat. Yeah. I haven't even paid attention to when my birthday is this year and whether Mm -hmm. it might make sense to make Andrew come home early so that I can go, you know, do something for myself. So maybe that will be a fun tradition that I'll sort of steal from you, Sarah. That's a great one. I like to do that. And I like for him to be home on our kids' birthdays, too. Nice. We might talk about that next. Yeah, let's talk about that now. Okay. How do you celebrate your kids' birthdays? We have kept it pretty low key. I feel similarly to how my mom felt, which is I do not want to organize a big birthday party with a lot of people over at my house. Mm-hmm. And our kids have been still really young where they're not having a strong say in what they want to do for their birthdays. Yeah. And it's honestly felt in keeping with with what they would want is doing something smaller. With HP, we invited people for his first and third birthday We did have people come over for his first birthday. It was more of our friends Mm because I felt like we were also celebrating us as parents. Absolutely. And we just had it at the park where I made some food and the kids played at the park and that was it. And then the third birthday was the same thing, only it was with 
the three kids in Austin that he hung out with the most. We invited them and their parents to come to the park. I brought out some food. We had a cake. And that was it. And was that right before you guys moved to? It was. It was a week before we left. Then this past year, it was just our family. So I'm trying to think. I think we had just gotten back from vacation. And so Neil actually didn't take the day off work. But we just had a family celebration. He was very specific about what kind of cake he wanted. Hmm. He wanted a chocolate cake with creamy icing, sprinkles, blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries. Hmm. So we had that. Sounds delicious. (laughs) It was delicious. And with E, she's been so little. Her first birthday was at my parents' house because we just happened to be visiting then. And then her second birthday was just our family doing things. Mm-hmm. The, the cake, the dinner, the presents. Yeah. But I think that's going to be changing because HP has already started planning his birthday party, which oh. is in June. <laughs> so good. the planning's been happening for a few months now. What's it looking like so far? <laughs> Well, he has his guest list of some friends, so I think we will have a party with his friends over. And then he keeps telling me he wants to invite his entire class Mm. also, which is 19 children, Mm. Mm -hmm. but that he wants to have two separate groups. So there's his friends that will be doing something in the backyard, and then everybody else can be in the front yard. (laughs) (laughs) Like the B-list friends. (laughs) He wants them to be included. (laughs) He just wants to be playing with his good friends. Most of the time. So I don't think we'll be inviting the whole class as I think how that's going to go. But mostly talking about the food, mostly talking about his cake, and then the friends that he wants to invite. And I think he's learning because we've been to a few more birthday parties that he remembers now. Mm, So mm -hmm. he's kind of getting it that you can have a birthday party with these different elements to it. Yeah. We'll see. His birthday is one that will always fall in the summer because it's the end of June. Mm-hmm. And his half birthday is on Christmas break. So he's been asking when we're going to bring treats to his preschool class mm. to celebrate his birthday. It's like, well, you're not going to be in preschool when it's your birthday. Right. And I was thinking, oh, we could do his half birthday. Well, they weren't in preschool on his half birthday either. Right. So I think we just won't be doing treats this year. Yeah. And I'm definitely open to our kids having friends over for their birthdays mm-hmm. but i will probably place some limits on the number of people that can come yeah and just basing it on what they want to do for their birthdays since it is their day and i mean i think it has the potential to get so out of control so fast mm-hmm. um, and just feel stressful and not celebratory which is what i want to avoid for yes. Plum's birthdays going forward. So like I mentioned already, we just had a small birthday with family and it actually turned out to be on the bigger side. I mean, in terms of adults, we had eight adults and our house is on the smaller side. So it felt really full. Our table was very full. But I see that as a tradition going forward until Plum gets old enough to express preferences like has sort of happened. Mm -hmm. It sounds like with HP. Yeah. Other people have done bigger parties even for their kids first birthday like you said to sort of celebrate Mm -hmm. the milestone for the parents especially with the first kid but that felt overwhelming to me in terms of finding a place to have it because our house is on the smaller side it didn't feel like we could do that and because February is 
I mean, weather has been really weird this year, but it's likely to not be a time when we could do like a park yeah, or even our backyard. That's been really nice about the summer birthday is there was very little planning. It was sending out an email to a few people. We're going to be at our neighborhood park. Mm-hmm. Here's the time. Yeah. And I think we brought cornhole and food. Yeah. And that was it. We're going to have to think about that in the future. You know, if Plum starts to express preferences to have more people, um, think about ways to make that work somewhere that's probably not our house yeah I think that's all we have to say about birthdays listeners we would love to hear about birthday traditions that you enjoyed growing up or that you enjoy now as an adult or with your kids if you have kids but let's go ahead and talk about what we've been eating so I have been making over and over again red pepper frittata and it's super simple and I started with a recipe from the New York Times, but have sort of like I just do my own thing now because I mean, and it was a really simple recipe to start with. So don't think that I'm like making amazing, you know, sort of improvements on this. It's pretty basic. So frittatas are so adaptable. They're really great in that way. Totally. So I cut up a red pepper and an onion and I saute them in butter. Then I add a bunch of raw spinach And let it kind of steam and get Mm -hmm. really cooked down. And then I put that in a 13 by 9 that's greased with butter. And then I mix up or scramble eight eggs, add a little bit of half and half, a good amount of salt and pepper. And then I just pour that in, stir it a little, and bake it for like 30 minutes in the 350 oven. This is different than, I don't know how you do your frittata, Sarah. I do it on a... um in a saute pan, usually a cast iron, mm-hmm. do it on the stove to do all of that, and then cook it for about a minute or two minutes on the stovetop and then put it in the oven. Yeah. Usually a little bit lower, like 325. And then. Yeah. And I think most people, when they say frittata, that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. But we don't cook the eggs at all on the stove. We just bake the whole thing. And the awesome thing about this frittata is that number one, it's gluten free. And number two, Plum loves it. And it's a really good way to get her eating a red vegetable and a green vegetable in one meal. Yeah. So the red peppers have also been on sale at our co-op and they are really sweet. I love red peppers. Yeah, me too. I love to just eat them raw. I've been eating yes. them like apples, which is... Me too. Andrew thinks it's weird, but I think no, it's delicious. No, my kids love that too. Oh, do they? Yeah. That's awesome. I bet Plum will when she's bigger. And you know, red peppers have so much vitamin C. They do. I did a little science project on that when I was in seventh grade. Oh, did you? (laughs) I did. (laughs) That's awesome. But it's a good thing to just have around for adult breakfast, too. I like it because I almost always have ingredients for frittata on hand. Mm -hmm. And because it's so forgiving, any vegetables, and we always have eggs. Right. It's my go-to meal when I have nothing else planned and we need to eat something. Yeah. What have you been eating, Sarah? So we've been snacking a lot on popcorn, Mm. which is something my mom has on a very frequent basis. I remember growing up, we had a specific pan that was the popcorn pan. And every night, my mom drinks one beer and has a salty snack of some variety. And popcorn was high on that rotation. And growing up, I always preferred microwave popcorn, which my family never bought because my mom thinks it is far inferior to stovetop popcorn. Mm -hmm. And she is, of course, correct. But... (laughs) As an adult, I've really come back to it, and it is our go-to snack. Both the kids love it, especially E, and I really like it. And it's so affordable when you purchase popcorn in bulk Mm -hmm. and just really easy. So almost every morning after we have breakfast, I pop 
popcorn to take with us wherever we're going that day. Most of the time, I just do a lot of butter and salt on top. Mm -hmm. But I've also added paprika on top of it. Yeah. And sometimes I attempt to make kettle corn, which usually ends up burning. Yeah. Sugar's hard to not burn. It's hard because you add it right when it starts popping. You're supposed to add the sugar to it Mm. and it'll be going well, but all the popcorn isn't popped and then it starts to burn. Mm. So you either end up with a lot of kernels Mm -hmm. or you end up with some very burned popcorn. (laughs) Do you like the unpopped or partially popped kernels? I do not love them. You know, some people love that so much so that the last time I was at Trader Joe's, I noticed that they are selling bags of partially popped corn. Really? Which I thought was so weird because I also do not like it. Yeah. Do they sell it much cheaper or I didn't pay attention to how much it was because I was grossed out. That's really fascinating. We try and keep the kernels away from E Mm -hmm. because she'll just eat the kernels if we let her. Even the not partially popped ones, just kernels. kernels. Yeah. And then we see them again later in the same form. (laughs) I love the butter and salt thing. That's my Mm go-to. I like to put um, Parmesan cheese on popcorn. So that's really good. But a really good one also for um, vegan friends is nutritional yeast and salt. Yes, we've done that before too. What kind of oil do you put on it then? Because if you can't do butter when it's vegan... Coconut oil. Coconut oil. Okay. So I usually pop it in coconut oil and then also warm up some to pour over the top so that the nutritional yeast will actually stick to it. Yeah. We used to do that pretty frequently with the nutritional yeast, but we ran out and I just haven't bought any more. Mm-hmm. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. If you like the show, would you please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Reviews help other people find the show, but mostly... We just really love reading them. Yes, we do. And thank you to those of you who have left us a rating or review already. You can also join the conversation online at friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to check out our friend Katie's By the Cover Project. She's on Instagram at by underscore the underscore cover and on Tumblr at by the cover project. And you can also check out her paper cuts at yadykatespapercuts.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. That was sort of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No, Abby, we all want to hear about (laughs) how you store your frittata. (laughs) Okay, I can just cut that part. So I think most people, when they talk about frittata, do it the way you're doing it. But Mm -hmm. I do it the strange way, but it works for me. (laughs) Are you ready to talk about birthdays, Sarah? Um, Are we going to do books first? Oh, (laughs) sure let's just follow the schedule that we usually do for our podcast okay sounds good